In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Consoler, Spirit of Truth, you who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of all that is good, master of life, come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Well, we're moving on in John. We're going to be looking at chapter 9, the first part of chapter 9. We're still at the Feast of Sukkot. That began, if you remember, back in chapter 7. We went through with the interlude on the woman taken in adultery. Went all the way up to the end of chapter 8. Now, we're still at the Feast of Sukkot. But the whole theme is going to change. Up to now, we've been looking at the traditional commemoration of God's care for his people in the desert through water. And how that water, which was the rock, then the water that was prophesied by Ezekiel coming from the temple, finally the water coming from Jerusalem, and all these are summed up, and Jesus is all of these. And the water comes from him. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and let him drink. Uh, as, as scripture says, out of his midst, that's Jesus' midst, there will flow rivers of living water. So that means that if we go to Jesus with faith, the deep, deep thirst of our spirit will be satisfied by the Holy Spirit. Because this river of living water is the Holy Spirit. And we know that because at the crucifixion there flowed out blood and water. And uh, that was just after uh, Jesus handed over the Spirit. That Literally the text that says that he died says, He handed over the Spirit. That's the, and then the blood and water come from his side from the spear and that's the Passion and the sacraments, both animated by the Spirit. Then, uh, back in, in, in this uh, section on Sukkot, we finished with chapter 8, and now there's a whole new focus. And the focus is on light. Jesus, the light of the world. We say that so Blithely, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. What does that mean to you? Is Jesus your light? Is he the light by which you see the world and see where it's going and see your light? Is he the light that opens up the eyes of your heart to see the Father? All of this, which is the other theme of Sukkot, water uh, is the water in the desert. Light is the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. The last line, of, which is very interesting, the last line of the book of Exodus, which has been talking all about this Exodus and the march through the desert. Very interesting line. I hope I can find it for you quickly. Um,
God's presence in the dwelling, this section's called. Then the cloud, that's the kavod, eh? or the anan, um, covered the meeting tent, and the glory of the Lord filled the dwelling. The kavod Adonai filled the dwelling. Moses could not enter the meeting tent because the cloud settled down upon it, and the glory of the Lord filled the dwelling. Whenever the cloud rose from the dwelling, the Israelites would set out on their journey. But if the cloud did not lift, they would not go forward. Only when it lifted did they go forward. Now this is the part I want you to pay a little more attention to. In the daytime, the cloud of the Lord was seen over the dwelling, whereas at night, fire was seen in the cloud by the whole house of Israel in all the stages of their journey. So the presence of God, the fire, you see at night was visible in the cloud, in the kavod, in the cloud. And so uh, that's this light that we're talking about now, uh, this presence of the Spirit. So now we're going to look at the text itself and then look at more of it in the next section. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. Passing by where? He's in the temple. This is uh, still the theme of Sukkot. One theme is the care of God's people through water. The other is the guidance of God's people through fire. And now we're going to be doing that one, you see. He saw, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, he or his parents, that he would be born blind? At that time in that culture, in the Jewish culture, they presumed that uh, physical suffering like that upon a child born blind, you see, is a result of uh, the parent's sin. Could be that, you know, um, the man, if it's later on in life, um, Jesus answered, Neither this man sinned nor his parents, but rather that the works of God uh, might be um, manifest in him. The works of God. The actions of God. All the actions of the Father take place in Jesus. And so, now you're going to see another act of God. Uh, we must perform the works of the one who sent me while it is day. These are all the works. You see that when we get that far. <clears throat> Chapter 14, 15. Believe because of the works. The Father does the works in Jesus. Therefore, the Father is revealing himself in and through Jesus. Huh? We must perform the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no one can work. So long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now what does that mean? We use this phrase all the time. How is Jesus the light of the world? He renders it understandable. We see what the world is all about. We even see the direction that the world is going in because he is the source of all understandability, intelligibility. Uh, Jesus, the one who died and rose, 
And so you see, so long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, saying this, he spit on the ground and made mud from the spittle and smeared the mud on his eyes, the blind man's eyes. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Now this pool, as we'll discuss next time, next week, <clears throat> it holds a deep place. You remember how the water from Siloam was the water poured out uh, in the temple, in the ceremony every day during Sukkot. But he's telling him, go down to that water, uh, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent, shalach. It's the word for send. Huh? He went down there to this gift of God. He then went and washed and came seeing. Now, who's that? It's everybody baptized. See, this is a baptismal story. We'll put it this way. There are baptismal overtones woven in and above the story. And uh, some commentators, for instance, uh, Sir Huskins here, Huskins, points out how much in the early church, but it's not just the early church. Cycle A during Lent for us has this reading. The whole reading on Sundays, long, 41 verses, but I guess you can abbreviate it, but I think very few people do because it's so exciting and so enlightening. And so, uh, first Sunday of, uh, well, when we get into the cycle of, of these, there's three Sundays. First is Water Sunday. That's Jesus' uh, conversation with the woman uh, of Samaria. Then comes Light Sunday, which is the healing of the blind man. And then comes Life Sunday, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. These three are designed to help us all renew our baptismal well. But it's to prepare those who are going to be baptized to understand who Jesus is and what they're doing. So this is the text that is read, okay? Uh, he went and washed and came seeing. Now his parents and those previously who saw him as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who sat and begged? Some were saying that it was he. Others said no, but rather someone who resembles him. Then they said to him, How then were your eyes opened? You were blind from birth. How did your eyes get opened? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud and smeared it on my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Going then and having washed, I began to see. Go to the sent one, Jesus. You see, the mud is the physical contact of Jesus with the blind man. It's his, it's his touch that heals this blind man. When we get to the end of this story, and Jesus says to this man, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He's going to say, uh, I am the one, the one talking to you. And he's going to worship him. Then he is fully enlightened. You see, if Jesus is the light of the world, it means that he can make sense 
of our life in this world. He can make sense even now with all the anxiety and all the worry and all the financial problems. Jesus is the light of the world. And he can stabilize us. And so, you see how this story is going. He put mud on my eyes. He touched me with his humanity. And so forth. Okay. Um, so, they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. They took him to the Pharisees, this one formerly blind. It was a Sabbath, the day when Jesus made the mud and opened the eyes. Our Lord, you see, purposely does things on the Sabbath, declaring that he is Lord of the Sabbath. If he's Lord of the Sabbath, as I mentioned before, that means he's divine. Because the Sabbath is by divine ordinances. The day, the month, the year, they're all measured by the movement of the sun, the moon, the stars. But Sabbath is measured by the Word of God. Every seventh day is Shabbat. And so, uh, Jesus does things on the Shabbat because as he says in chapter 5, if you remember, the Father works until now and so do I. So it was a Sabbath, the day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. He made mud on the Sabbath. That's forbidden. You see? Again, the Pharisees also asked him how he began to see. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. I washed, and I see. That's baptism. There is a little chapel in uh, on the east side of the Lake of Galilee, a little church, and inside the church, a little chapel. It's the baptistry, and on the ground, in the, you know, in the in the lintel, uh, is this um, phrase, "Ho, fortisterion," the place of enlightenment, is baptism. 